You're listening to Hope for Today Church Podcast. We're so glad that you're joining in this virtual space. We believe that as you listen, Jesus will minister to you right where you are. So open up your mind and your heart to what the Word would say to you today. Thank you for joining us. And remember, Jesus is our hope for today. Okay, I'm going to invite you to grab your seats. Um, Welcome back to Hope for Today. Beautiful day. Um, Also, thank you to all of you who are tuning in uh, virtually from wherever you are. Uh, We don't always mention you specifically, but we know there's people from all over the world watching um, Taiwan of of all places as well. So we're glad that you're watching today. Um, Just like in the house and online, if you ever have a prayer request, you can go to our website, hopefordaychurch.org slash prayer, and you can submit your prayer requests. You can also submit any questions you may have from the message um, today, because we're going to transition in our sermon series. I'm really excited about this. Um, my mom tells me not to use this word because it's a little more old-fashioned, but I'm going to use it anyway. Um, I'm just amped up this afternoon um, for where we are uh, heading. I don't know if amped is even a word in the dictionary, but you know what happens with dictionaries is over time, the word gets in there, and then some words are twisted and changed, and it becomes a different definition, so we're on our way nonetheless. Um, but last week, uh, last week, just for food for thought, we looked at and concluded um, the message on the spiritual gifts, uh, and we looked at distinguishing between spirits. And this is really important, especially the time in which we live, just like in the early church, being aware of the different spiritual forces that are at play. Uh, This is the real deal, and so it's important in our participation in what Scripture calls participation in the divine nature, walking in this world as Christ walked, being aware of the forces at work, but not being deterred by those forces, but knowing in whom you serve and whose name that you bear and that you are seated in Christ Jesus. And so this afternoon, as we transition, we're beginning our new series, If I Only Knew Then What I Know Now. If I Only Knew Then what I know now. All of you, are, some of you are smiling, some of you are grinning. You know what I'm talking about. If you could send a message in the bottle, you would. What would that message be? What would you tell your younger self? Dear younger man, what would you tell yourself? I was just told here a few minutes ago, Ron Greg was telling me there's a song by Mercy Me, Dear Younger Me. Dear Younger Me. So, Check it out. Check it out. Mercy me, dear younger me. If I only knew then what I know now. To kick things off, our title for today is this, if you're taking notes or if you like that kind of thing. When your house is not in order, turn to the Lord. That's our title. When your house is not in order, turn to the Lord. This is what I would say to the younger me. If your house is in order, no matter what, turn to the Lord. The importance that we all realize, especially as uh, believers, people of God, as we turn to the Lord, we learn in this exercise how to trust Him in the good. We learn how to trust Him in the bad, and we assuredly know how to trust Him in the downright ugly. Sometimes life gets ugly, and you wonder, how did we get there? How did this even happen? To see and to trust our our Heavenly Father and what He's doing in the midst, in the good and the bad and the ugly, 
and trusting and, and believing he's going to bring our house into order, that in, that in that area of faith, we can then take that and see it intersect with the world in which we live. Like that of the author and perfect of our faith, Jesus, who says, I do all things to the glory of the Father. I only do what I see my heavenly Father doing. He modeled this kingdom living. And so I want to invite you to turn to John chapter 5 for a moment. John chapter 5, verse 19 to 20, Jesus says this, Truly I tell you, the Son is not able to do anything on his own, but only what he sees the Father doing. I've underlined that in my own Bible here. Only what he sees the Father doing. For whatever the Father does, the Son likewise does these things. For the Father loves the Son and shows him everything he is doing, and he will show him greater works than these, so that you will be amazed. This, this promise is understanding. We want to be in this world as Christ walked this earth, believing that our Father is in us, and he's on our side, and he's leading us, and he's guiding us, and he's going to show greater works in our midst, even when our houses are maybe awry. I've been reflecting on Mark chapter 9. So we're going to go through a few verses here this afternoon in light of this, what Jesus was saying. I only do what I see my Father doing. Mark chapter 9 is a, an interesting uh, and powerful part of Scripture that really, I've, I'm going to say it again, amps you up. It's okay if you leave it. It's okay. It amps you up. As you read this encounter where Jesus has healed a man of an unclean spirit, and if you were a spectator at the time, you would naturally say, wow, this guy who by medical terms, what we know today, they wouldn't have understood then, would say, well, you know, he, he suffered from Caesars and such, but Jesus clearly said it was an unclean spirit. It says in uh, Mark 9.25, when Jesus saw that a crowd was quickly gathering, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, you mute and deaf spirit, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. I love this position of Jesus. Never enter him again. That this was going to be a finality that was going to kick into place. In verse 26, then it came out shrieking and throwing him into terrible convulsions. And the boy became like a corpse, so that many said, he's dead. But Jesus, taking him by the hand, raised him, and he stood up. In many respects, Jesus is able to take us by the hand, no matter what we're facing, and allow us to stand back up. And in verse 28, he says, after he had gone to the house, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive it out? And he told them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer. Now, some of your translations might say prayer and fasting. The fasting element was not in the original manuscripts. That's why a majority of the translations today, it does not have that in there. So here in Mark, he says, this kind cannot come out by nothing but prayer. How are you removing this force? You can't do it yourself. But in the name of Jesus, every demon must flee. I love how the disciples said to Jesus privately, you know, Lord, why couldn't we drive this demon out? There's been cases where we have, and we've, well, we've cast him out in your name. Why not this? 
There's different times and places where we are called to pray and to trust. Here we see in Matthew's account, for sake of another vantage point, in verse 18, it says that Jesus rebuked the demon and it came out of him. And from that moment, the boy was healed. And again, the disciples approached Jesus privately and said, why couldn't we drive it out? In verse 20, because of your little faith, he told them. For truly I tell you, if you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will tell this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. So there's two matters here. This kind doesn't come out except by prayer. Here he's saying, because of your little faith. Now notice that Jesus, and I love this illustration he's giving, he mentions a mustard seed. At the time, the mustard seed, there, there was nothing smaller than that seed. And it spoke in a moment, I have here in my notes, it spoke in that moment to the condition, the status of the disciples' faith in that moment in time. In that moment in time, the condition of this boy seemed insurmountable. And so their faith was weaning or waning. On this occasion, he's showing us they had no faith at all. We all have moments like that, don't we? There's times where I look at my own family life, situations, and in the moment, the condition can put you off course. For the moment, a different type of seed can take root that we call doubt. We've all been there. We've all had these moments where doubt has taken root. But the beauty, Jesus is reminding us here today, the amount of faith is not the emphasis because even with the smallest degree of faith is enough. What matters is God in whom our faith is, and, and our, what matters is who we place our faith, and that's in God. And we've been singing about that today. And what I appreciate with the songs that we sing, you know, on the list, we haven't even got it uh, to the other song yet, that in the Lord we see a victory, that we've many times, as we look through scripture, we can understand that God is always the fourth man in the fire. He's the one who can achieve the impossible and that he always comes through time and again. There are times where we're led by the Spirit when the Lord empowers us to pray. I've been trying to understand this for myself. There's been times in my own life to learn to accept things and then when to resist things. Everything's okay, buddy. It's a little distracting. But there's times to accept things and there's times to resist things. Here we see this account of the followers of Christ that they're witnessing at this time it was important to resist this force at work. So I want to invite you to turn to John uh, chapter 11 with me just for a moment. It says this here uh, in uh, John 11. Lazarus was dead. You know, we've all shared this story before. Probably many of you have read this and you get really excited about it. And Jesus in chapter 11, he was aware of what his father was up to. There wasn't something that caught him off guard. And he's like, oh my gosh, like, what are we going to do? The plan, as we see, as we turn to this chapter, the plan was always for Jesus to reveal the hope of the resurrection for all who have faith 
in the Son of God, Jesus. And so John eleven twenty five, 25, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me, even if he dies, will live. Everyone who believes, everyone who believes in me will never die. Do you believe this? And yes, Lord, she told him, I believe you are the Messiah, the son of God who comes into the world. So point number one is this. Jesus sees, knows what we face and loves to move in our midst. He loves to move in our midst. In verse 38, the same chapter, it says, Jesus deeply moved again, came to the tomb. It was a cave and a stone was laying against it. I want you to focus there for a moment. Deeply moved again. Lazarus was moved at the word that Lazarus was dead. He was moved that he was behind the stone, and the fact that he had died, and he was buried there. And for everyone, for all intents and purposes, this was his final resting place that his friend, whom he cared deeply for, was no longer among the land of the living. Deeply moved. And what I can appreciate how this hits home for me today is that Jesus actually cares about us. And he knows what is up against us. Look how it says, and the stone was laying against it. He knows what's pressing against us in our own life. The things that are weighing against us, even for you know, the, the sake of a pun here, even what is lying to us. What's laying against us and what is lying to us that he is loving and compassionate and desires to move in our midst and come to our aid when our house is in disorder. There's times where we go through emotional, you know, situations and we can pull away from God. We can even pull away from the family of God because our trust is misplaced. But here was a great exercise for the people to remember. Don't lose heart. Don't lose hope when even those you you love and care the most appear to be lost. Trust in God. Trust in God no matter what because he desires to move. And here we see in the situation when they thought all was lost. In verse 39, he says, remove the stone. Picture for a moment, what are those stones in your life? What are the things that are laying against you and you desire for that stone to be moved from here to there? And imagine the voice of Christ stirring faith within you to say, stone, be moved. Remove the stone, Jesus said. No obstacles, no barriers or strongholds can compare with the voice of Jesus. The Apostle Paul says in 2 Corinthians 10.3, he says, For although we live in the flesh, we don't wage war according to the flesh. Since the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but are powerful through God for the demolition of strongholds, we demolish arguments in every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, and we take captive every thought to obey Christ. So here in this situation, he's told them to remove the stone. And Martha, the dead man's sister, told him, Lord, there's already a stench because he's been dead for four days. 
There's doubt. This seems insurmountable. Four days have passed. In the natural, things happen to the body. But there was something supernatural that was about to happen. And so Jesus said to her, didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God? Try and put yourself in the scene and apply what's happening with Lazarus and Martha again into your own family scenario. Didn't I tell you that if you believed, you would see the glory of God move in your midst? And verse 41, so they removed the stone. It doesn't say, and so Jesus, full of power and full of grace, went up to the stone and he breathed on the stone and it rolled away said, no, they removed the stone. We have a part to play. The participation in the divine nature that Jesus Christ calls us to, we are participants. We are to be actively engaged. When Jesus speaks into our life, when he speaks his word over us, our next step is to act on those words. When he says, those who love me will obey my commands. We'll desire to obey them. Act upon them. You won't see that stone rolled away unless you remove it at his word. And so point number two is this. Act on the words of Jesus and participate. Look at verse 41b. It says that Jesus raised his eyes and said, Father, I thank you that you heard me. I know that you always hear me, but because of the crowd standing here, I said this so that they may believe you sent me. We're meant to live our faith out loud. We've said this so many times. And in verse 43, it says, after he said this, he shouted with a loud voice. Are you ready? Lazarus, come out. And the dead man came out bound, hand and foot with the linen strips and with his face wrapped in cloth. I mean, AMC and whatever shows are on the telly cannot compare to what the scene would have been like. And Jesus said to them, remember, they've already complained that there was a stench. And now this Lazarus is walking around after four days. And he's saying, unwrap him and let him go. And they're thinking, say, what? And here they saw a visible, undeniable sign that Jesus is who he says he is, that he truly is Lord Almighty. He has the authority and power to save and the authority and power to raise. Remove that stone. This spoke to me undeniable for I can look back to different matters in my life. When you believe and you trust in the word of Jesus, act upon it. When he speaks a word to your heart, do it. Don't debate it. Don't go to the sages and people of the time and go online and Google and question whether what the Lord is speaking to you, his word is for you or not. If it's confirmed by the word of God and his Holy Spirit, then run with it. We only have the present. There's no better time than today. He's showing us this encounter that when your house is in disorder, he can be trusted. When medical science has reached its end, nothing is impossible for him. When your house is not in order, turn to the Lord. Point number three is this. Faith will be rewarded. Faith in whether he moves and intervenes in the way in which you had hoped and faith in trusting in his sovereign plan. Faith is always 
rewarded. And so this morning, as I was sitting at the computer, um, I was praying and, and seeking after the Lord, and I recalled a story in the book of 2 Kings of a man named Hezekiah. King Hezekiah. So I want to invite you to turn to 2 Kings chapter 20. And we can see here that faith is always rewarded. But there's an element of participation. We need to act. We need to reach out. We need to turn to the Lord. If we don't turn, nothing's going to happen. So here we see 2 Kings chapter 20. We're going to see how the Lord can do the impossible. And so it says this, in those days, Hezekiah became terminally ill. Now, Hezekiah, just for uh, background here, King Hezekiah was a prominent king of Israel next to that of King David. Uh, and it, here we see very clearly that he is ill. Not just any kind of sickness, it's terminal. He's going to die. And so the prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, came and said to him, this is what the Lord says. Set your house in order, for you are about to die. You will not recover. <laughs> Could you imagine hearing that? You will not recover. A prophet of the Lord speaking to you. This is it. You're not going to recover. Get your house in order. You'd want a second opinion. But Hezekiah turned his face to the wall. Don't forget that part. He turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Please, Lord, remember how I walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. And Hezekiah wept bitterly. Here he was moved emotionally. He had become to the end of himself. There was nothing more that he could do and he realized in that moment he would not recover and he did what only he could then do was turn to the Lord. And it says, Lord, I've walked before you faithfully and wholeheartedly and have done what pleases you. The Bible tells us in the new covenant says, if we do what pleases him, we will have what we ask of him. And the will of the father is that we will look to and believe in the son. And we will trust in him and walk in his statutes and in his precepts. And so here he's foreshadowing this trust, this faith, that when we turn to the Lord, nothing's impossible. In verse 4 it says, Isaiah had not yet gone out of the inner courtyard when the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the leader of my people, this is what the Lord God of your ancestor David says, I have heard your prayer, I have seen your tears, look, I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the Lord's temple and I will add 15 years to your life. I will rescue you and this city from the grasp of the king of Assyria. I will defend this city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. Again, this is so that God would be glorified, that his name would be lifted up above every other name. But because Hezekiah turned to the wall, turned to the Lord in prayer, prayer, the Lord heard his prayer. And he answered him. We sing something like that. I sought the Lord and he heard and he answered. The point is we have to seek. 
We have to participate. Look what the Lord has done. Here in this encounter with Hezekiah, we can see what happens when we turn to him with the prayer of faith. Like he said, this kind doesn't come out except in prayer. When God moves, the key's not to get puffed up in ourselves or misplaced. That when God moves in our direction, it's for his glory. And so in verse 7, it says this, Then Isaiah said, Bring a lump of pressed figs. So here's a, a practical engagement that's happening here in the healing. So they brought it, and they applied it to his infected skin, and he recovered. Hezekiah had asked Isaiah, what is the sign that the Lord will heal me, and that I will go up to the Lord's temple on the third day? Isaiah said, this is the sign to you from the Lord, that he will do what he has promised. So he's probably getting his notebook out. He's ready to write on the scroll, I should say, on the parchment paper. Should the shadow go ahead 10 steps or go back 10 steps? Then Hezekiah answered, it's easy for the shadow to lengthen 10 steps. No, let the shadow go back 10 steps. So the prophet Isaiah called out to the Lord and he brought the shadow back the 10 steps it had descended on the stairway of Ahaz. The sign here is showing us that nothing is impossible for God. We got to stop, you know, putting ourselves in the equation, uh, analyzing it to the point where disbelief can enter the equation, but trust the sign, trust the promise that God can and will move in his perfect timing. Jesus sees. Jesus sees. He knows what we face and loves to move in our midst. Like Jesus who said to Martha when he said, I am the resurrection and the life. Anyone who believes in me shall live. He says, do you believe this? And she responds saying, I believe that you are the son of God. Yes. Faith is rewarded when we remain humble and turn to him in all things. Whether it's the example of Hezekiah or it's the example in the story of Lazarus, when we turn to him, when we seek him with our whole heart, with a prayer of faith, we will be found by him. And he will answer. And he will answer. You know, when I was contemplating this, again, if I only knew then what I know now, the message in the bottle would be to trust in God, that he's always gonna put your house in order. There's times where you're gonna feel like you've hit rock bottom, or you may even appear like you're not gonna make it, or maybe this is it. I had my own health scare and different things happen in my own life, but it's in those moments that you learn to trust God because everything else just fades away, just becomes shadows. And you begin to focus on the priority of hand and trusting him with your very life. Trusting God, he will put your house in order. Remove the stone. Remove the stone. I believe here this afternoon, I invite the worship team to come, that he's inviting us to remember to not only turn to him, but to participate in what he's calling us to do. 
He's calling us to be active engagers in the family of God and the assignment that he's given us. It's not only a select few that are supposed to live out the Great Commission. It's not only a select few that are supposed to be engaging in the work of the kingdom, but it's all of us. All of us are meant to participate. Think about it. When you see a situation and a person who's going through whatever circumstance, the good, the bad, or the ugly, you can come alongside them and ask the Lord by the power of the Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, what would you say is happening here? How am I to engage in this moment in time, in this circumstance? How do you desire to move in this situation? And he's going to speak. And he might say to you some interesting things. I just want you to go and put a reassuring hand on their shoulder. It might give you some, you know, words to speak. Similar to Jesus when he's interacting with the crowd of Lazarus. You know, remove the stone. And so they removed it. We have a part to play. This is the piece I was so thankful as a young guy uh, growing up in the church, especially uh, modeled by my own father and other leaders, we had a place. We were able to get engaged. We were encouraged that we were part then, as young people in Christ, as, you know, boys and teenagers and such, that we mattered. That what we did with our life in the service of the Lord was important. It wasn't just, you know, those at the time we saw as the, the, the veterans in the faith. But there's times where we can coast, not just as a young person, we can easily get into a drift pattern, if you will. And we go, maybe we'll go to the place of prayer, but then be hands off. There's many times when we pray that then the Lord will empower you to be the answer. And so there's times where we accept things that are happening as the Lord leads us and gives peace to our heart as we pray. But then there's times where we stand up and we resist what's happening that believe that he can do immeasurably, measurably and abundantly more than we can imagine, ask or think to the glory of God. Do you believe this? This is something that as the worship team begins to play that we can see victories see victories in our community. So whatever those things that are daunting, speak to those mountains. Speak to those areas where you desire to see and you know that they need victory because that mountain's going to move. Believe with a prayer of faith like Hezekiah. Trust in the Lord and he will put your house in order. Amen. Let's sing